Welcome to the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast, a fresh perspective on AFL Fantasy brought to you by the Keeper League Pod. On this episode, Lou is a bit crook tonight, so we called up the statesman to fill in this week. We go through all the hottest topics ahead of round seven fantasy footy action and stick around to the end for a special announcement as well. Remember to leave a rating review for the show on iTunes, but statesman, what's the time for? The Pod Pod! Welcome to the Pod Pod. I'm Doss here with five-time top 100 finisher and third overall in 2018, the Statesman. Welcome, Stato. G'day, Dossie. How are you, mate? It's great when two young minds get together. Yes, very young minds indeed. Uh, <laughs> Stato, how's your season been going in fantasy so far? The fresh young mind that you are, you are putting that that uh, head skill together and getting yourself a good team out in the park week to week? Yeah, pretty much, to be honest. I, I started uh, with a really good structure, if I remember having a chat to you a few weeks ago. Um, but I was 17,000 overall. So each week I've been climbing up. Last week I got to 3,000 um, position. So I was feeling pretty comfortable because um, it's just the building time. But I've got smashed around the park a little bit this week. So. Um, it's, but I would, I would talk about the little moves when we get to nailed it and uh, failed it. But uh, I had a re- little bit of a rough week with a 1986, it was, which has mm. dropped me down about 3,000 positions, saying it was just such a big scoring week with a few individuals and just didn't have the ones that counted this week. Yep, well, you had me for the score this week, 1952 for me, and it it ruined what could have been a nice, relaxing, long weekend for me, Stato. I've just just a bad run at it of late with my trades. Like you said, we'll get to that in a minute, but just not a great weekend for me, and it's been a rough few weeks. So if you're in the same situation, I'm, I'm feeling your pain. I'm, uh, I'm trying to be, as those traders say, the butter mouse. It's got to be me at the moment. I'm really trying to trying to keep afloat for the season at the moment. But um, in just in general, though, have you had any any big regrets early in the season? And how's that method and the system you spoke about earlier? How's that been holding up in 2021? And despite a little bit of a drop this week, are you fairly confident going forward? Yeah, look, I'm very confident. So I've only got one red dot last weekend and actually on the Saturday I was absolutely ready to get rid of Brockman uh, and he was going to Darcy Parish. Um, oh, far that, out. <laughs> and I do remember speaking to you about this on, on the messages yeah. as well. So I, I, I sort of I, – I pushed away from that because it's, it's actually not the right long-term plan and – it's probably where I'm sort of got to this season in saying I've really got to stick fat in collecting the big dogs when they become available at the right price. Um, so I went Titch uh, instead of Merritt, but uh, sold out one of the mid prices. So uh, my major regret, I'm a guns and rookie man, and my major regret is I had three mid prizes to start off the season. A lot of people went a lot more than that. Mm. I only went three. But all three have failed. Um, yeah. One because of a song. Um, the <laughs> other, the other because of a hundred and twenty plus in a preseason game being Jordan Clark. Yeah. Uh, and I had William 
Drew as well, who actually was the one I moved to Mitchell. So I, in a way, I sort of wish this week I went um, just because of the score factor. So I ended up going Finn McRae. Can I tell you a little bit of story with this one, Doss? Yeah, go ahead. I watch a lot of... I watch a lot of footy, as you know. Yep. Um, and I know I know footy reasonably well. Some would say <laughs> pretty well, yeah. Um, pretty well. Uh, and unfortunately, I had a work trip over the previous round, so round five. Um, yep. tra- traveling from Alice Springs back up to Darwin, so I was on the road a fair bit for the Saturday and Sunday. So didn't get to see much footy. Oh no. And had events on Friday, so. Looking for a rookie I was going to bring in, and there was a fair bit of talk of Finn McRae, Um, and fair bit that he even ran like his brother or half-brother, and talked about, didn't get a lot of it, but in the last quarter got sort of released in the mid and had a 32-point quarter. Correct, yeah. But I'm I'm really big on this. You, You wait one week and you get someone to pass the eye test. But the problem is I couldn't eye test anyone last week, not a living soul. So I had to go off all the talk and the talk was wrong because soon as I saw Finn play, I thought, well, firstly, it's not the best role for him. But secondly, he's sort of not ready. He's going to be a good player, don't get me wrong, but he's sort of not ready and doesn't have that intensity that you need in a hot game to actually get in a position and, and score. A little bit good with the hands, but I would say – a poor man's Paddy Dow. Oh, wow, that's a big call. Um, yeah, so I, I regret, and I'm here on Saturday. I'm reviewing it, looking at my buy structure, my two trades that I brought in, Finn McRae and Titch, don't really fit my buy structure. Parish and Dev Robertson would have oh, fit gee, that's my buy structure. Tough, tough, yeah. But uh, so I. I actually put them both in. They were there. This is about <laughs> 15 minutes before the game on Saturday uh, and looked at it again and went, oh, Dev Robbo, he's been in and he's been out. I looked at the injury list. Um, Barry just had test or one week sort of thing and I'm thinking, oh, he's going to be out the following week. Well, that cost me 99 points oh, this yeah. week. So I'm guessing that's your failed it for the round, Stato, as well, as we get into nailed it, failed it. Yep, that certainly is. But in saying that, I don't think you can be too wrong with Tom Mitchell long term. It's the yeah. actual right move. Yeah, and just rough on as well um, for the two Collingwood rookies, um, Finn McRae and Jay Rantel. They, I mean, Finn McRae got four centre bounces out of 33, according to AFL stats, mate. We haven't got the official numbers yet, but, you know, that's bugger all, especially because he got 10 last week in, I reckon there was less centre bounces on available for him. And they're just popping in guys like Josh Thomas, who we, we just thought, no, he's you know, he's not going to get that time. Josh Dacos has barely been inside all year. He got 16. So it's, you know, just how are we supposed to see this? We see Rantel, we see McRae. We're like, yeah, they're going to give the youngsters a go. Did not happen, unfortunately. That's your one of your favourites there. But like you said, uh, the process is there. I'm going to get positive before I get into my negative because it's a long negative. Um, and I'm going to go my nailed it, which was Noah Anderson again. He's popped up a couple of times. I'm just enjoying having, usually when you pick these, point of differences statesman they don't always pay off especially early in the season later when we have a bit more data and there's a sort of a three-round sample we can go on the point of differences come off but 
Noah Anderson for me so far, it's been sort of a week on, week off thing, but overall he's been a, a quality uh, player on my side and he's just continually racking them up. Got the 120 for me. Something I can actually be happy about this week. Uh, what about you, Stato? What did you nail this week? Uh, Sam Doherty, um, low ownership, but 126. He's starting to play not such great footy at times in little moments of the game, but at the at the end of the day, he's starting to play the game that gets you points. And I solidly see him as a uh, top six defender now, 126. I'm, I'm very happy with that. Uh, and actually sitting in an average of 104. Um, and I think he's got 110 for his last three. So that's uh, pretty impressive for mine. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a great pick. Um, he's been there from the start, hasn't really gone under your sort of 90-odd as well. And I do need to ask you the question. You are nailed it. Are you actually putting the sneaky little VC on Noah Anderson oh, against it- Collingwood? Gee, I might might have to. Might be might be a point of difference, uh, vice captain that I've got this week as well. Uh, I'll have to Parish think about that. I haven't got that far ahead, but yeah, Parish uh, one fifty. All right, uh, the VC might be on. You might have convinced me there. I might as well. I've got nothing to lose at this point. My failed it. There's about five. I could. I could choose. I'm giving Lockie Neal a break because he fought through that injury and still put an up an 83 for people that selected him. I know it's a it's a pain in the ass that he's gone out, but you know he he had a pretty bad ankle injury and, and kept fighting on and at least got the 83 before. Um, now he's out for what about a couple of months? So uh, I'll give and him a pass. We need to say we need to say Dossin. You're going to mention the player um, later on in this podcast, but. Uh, Dossie was at me all week with this pod and he wanted to bring the pod in. But as I explained, this <laughs> pod is not going to be in the top rank of his field and you need to actually pick someone that's actually going to be, like Neil, uh, in the top eight mids. Lost 200K, beautiful price, perfect planning, Rolling off 145, so the break-even was reset. Mm. You did the right thing, Dossie, so don't let – it's very unlucky <laughs> Unlucky what happened. Oh. Um, but it's the – I know that feels bad because there was a regret. So yeah. um, there was a few messages coming through uh, on my messenger sort of – highlighting the point when that other player had surpassed Neil's score. <laughs> we'll just say it was Shawnee Darcy. I, I, I talked about him on the podcast last week and I really convinced myself that I was going to go there. The, t- the two players that were really hot, I was hot on this week, were Dyson Heppel and Sean Darcy and they both just obliterated Lockie Neal's score. So, that's just the devastating part. It's all hindsight. We've talked about that. That's what fantasy's about. I- I'm just going to move on. Um, I think I'm more annoyed at holding Caleb Daniel, though, for a week when he got me the 20, oh. held him for a week, and then he gets me a 50 on return. Chrissy Burgess yep. outscored him sitting on my bench. Chrissy Burgess, or Burgess, yep. however you prefer to pronounce it. But uh, anyway, Stato, we better move on and it get to some hot topics for the week. And the big one on fantasy coaches' radars this week is Josh Dunkley, owned by so many coaches. He's been the top scorer up until this round. Somebody surpassed him, but he's been the top scorer in fantasy this year and now people are going to have to find a trade. He's off to get shoulder surgery after popping it out twice. Yeah, it's uh, shocking luck. Um, but can we say that we, we should be very thankful that this wasn't a Ridley on 15 uh, a Dusty up. Martin on 25, he, he got you the ton. So if you started with him, 
Uh, don't be too annoyed. Um, you got a really good result. I think he averaged 116 by this point of the season. So he's been a ripper pick for you. He's made you a bit of cash and a heap of points. But I feel for those that went danger to Dunkley or or moved in Dunkley this week because of his people score chase. So they would have looked at his 151 the week before and thought, he's a must-have, I need to go. Um, I think it's this is a really important point to make. Score chasing hardly ever works. So bringing yeah. in Zebel after 170 or Dunkley after 150, you just find yourself disappointed when they get nowhere near the mark the following week. And there's a reason why they do. They've had a blinder. It's like going parish now. I'm I'm actually not against it because he's he's got a midfield role. So he's going to be better scorer than what he is going forward um, when he plays forward. But you don't actually get that 150 and you spend an extra 50 grand doing so. Um, so Dunkley's a, a definite out. I think it's about three months, best case scenario. So you've just got to look at your structure and see what's best. I'm, I know what I end up looking like at the moment. And I've got a scoring potential forward line, but I've got a pretty thin forward line now for uh, uh, what I would call premium. So I'm looking now at my forward line, and I don't know if anyone finishes there. That's a worry. <laughs> that is a worry. I'm, I'm in a very similar situation, but I'm sure um, when we get to listen to questions later on, we might go through a few more of the you know significant options that you can maybe consider for Dunkley um, pending your – it does, as Statesman said, it just depends on your position and what you can really swing around with DPPs and whatever. But um, I just want to speak to you as well about with the role change here, we're, we're going to see someone go into Dunkley's minutes. Um I think it was Fantasy Freako pointed out that there was three centre bounces straight after Dunkley went down for Bailey Smith, which I think we've both got the same theory here. Bailey Smith goes inside. That leaves a wing wide open. Who averaged wow. 117 on the wing last year? Who could year? go on a wing? Oh, just the bloke that- that be? Averaged basically the most fantasy points last year, I think it was. Uh, Lockie ding, Hunter. Ding, 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 ding. That's Available the man. as a forward. So- uh, I think more on that later, by the sounds of things. Uh, next yeah. player on the hot topics, Dusty Martin, concussed. Uh, apparently also been hampered by a bit of a foot injury this year. Is he a trade for you now he's going to miss a week? Uh, if you're an owner of Dustin Martin, would you be looking to offload? Yeah, absolutely. Offload. Um, but everyone else that doesn't um, have him, watch him on his return. You could get Dusty Martin for a sneaky 600K Mm. And the second half of the year, he absolutely blitzed. But uh, if it was concussion uh, and just the one week off, I would keep. But as we know now, he's had a bit of a foot injury. So that might mean he gets a few more weeks off to get him right. So why not use this opportunity to get uh, Dustin in the right um, form and focus and fitness for the second half of the year? Like that. Uh, we've spoken about Lockie Neal already. His return date is unknown, but um, they've mentioned it could be up to eight You're weeks. Broken. Is that another Cindy? Is it that one? Yeah, I think it is, mate, by the sound of it. And it looked like it when it actually happened. So I was actually surprised he played through because I've seen no one else play through it. So give him credit. He's had the back issue, um, finally got over that. Got to his back to his scoring ways. A bleak, a wet night, which probably suits the way he plays. Um, 
but uh, that's amazing that if he's had a Cindy and he's played the rest of the game through. So you should be very thankful he could have had a 24 or whatever he was when it happened. He's done very well for himself. Uh, yeah, good luck to his recovery, but yeah, we've got to trade him out. The other one I want to talk about in hot topics and maybe could have been the lead story here, but I wanted to draw it out a bit because as you know, I'm not the biggest fan. I've never been the biggest fan of this bloke, just the way he plays his footy. But um, this season, Jack Zebel, let's have a chat about him. I also want to talk about he got he copped a big knee to the upper back, maybe even knocked his head a little bit at the end of the game and missed the last little bit. Was on track for two hundred. He got one seventy. This is Jack Zebel. Um, Stato. What's going on? And do we need to get him in? And is is he the perfect replacement for Josh Dunkley right now? Yeah, I would say I've been a Zebel truth for for a long time, and actually used to take the piss out of me. And it, mind you, I will say it was in drafties and and keepers. But he's always been erratic with his scoring. So he's mm. done the old. Uh, was it Connor Blakely that had this six week stretch for free? Yeah, that had this. He I had the Doherty the role. It, it, it was the Doherty role yeah. a few years ago. I think the traders just called it the role. Mm. Um, so he, he's got that at the moment. But so, uh, yeah, score chase, 140, then 170. God, it looks bloody beautiful. And, yes, we need to find out who those top six forwards are. I think we might have mentioned one before that we can get on the cheap a little bit. But uh, here's my concern here. I'm after being burnt by Zebel so many times. Yeah. Firstly, if you're got a percentage of forty-three, are you going to keep doing what you're doing as a club, as a coach, as a structure? Are you going to keep going that way? So that's my first question. Second, if any club needs to stop a player at North Melbourne. Who are they going to stop? Then the thing that I just keep coming back to, they're not going to have to. Are they, are they really going to get to a point where they're super competitive at any point in the season? Maybe they go on the Adelaide Crows run at the end of last year, but I don't see it getting to a point where people are going to have to tighten up on Jack Zebel. And what coach, I don't think there's going to be a coach that's really going to do that. Do you? Oh, there might be. There, it could happen, but he's got Collingwood in next week. After after this week, he's got Collingwood. I think he's got Melbourne this week, who he's got quality averages against. Obviously, his averages are from when he used to play midfield and forward and whatever else. But he does he does like playing that team. Then he's got the Pies. It's it seems an obvious choice, but it's also back to the conundrum of score chasing. But in a guy in this red hot form, he's basically got, I guess. There's been some comparisons to the Shannon Hearn type stuff, but he's like Shannon Hearn in the worst team in the AFL, which I think is a fairly decent comparison just because he has full reign over the kick-ins and he's just getting chip marks and and they're just trying to maintain possession to avoid getting absolutely spanked every week. So it's such a hard thing to decide. I think I put out a tweet that I'm actually genuine. It is actually one of my genuine concerns. I think that, his string is actually a genuine concern, getting too many kicks. It's 170, Stato. I mean, it might be time. We admit uh, that Jack Zebel, yeah, it's just for this season, is uh, incredibly relevant. <laughs> D- 
Doss, have you ever been in a relationship where some things are just so right, so enjoyable and perfect, but there's something just in the back of your head is you're waiting for the the axe to come from underneath the bed or something like that. It's just <laughs> there's 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 just something odd, uncomfortable. It just doesn't feel right. That's owning Jack Zebel. <laughs> It, it's it's it'll be at the point you're going. This is gonna bite me at some stage. Um, now, whether that's injury, whether that's change of role, whether that he gets clamped down. Um, wow, I could be so wrong here, but yeah, I mean, I, I if he was cheap to start with, I would have gone for it. Um, but he wasn't. But he's proved to be very cheap for what he's doing. I. I don't. I just don't know if I can go there with the with the price rises. What, what's he up to? He must be getting close to eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, he's literally um, just a tick under seven ninety nine or something. There he goes. He's gone up sixty four k this week. He's seven nine nine. Are you willing to pay eight hundred thousand dollars for Jack Zebel when you can get Titch? For thirty k's less, you can get Grundy for only fifty k's more. Do you go a pig? How often has he? He is in he his is career? one this year. <laughs> I, I don't no. know, statesman. I, I don't know if I can bring myself to do it, but it's it's one of those things. It's hurting you right now more not having him than it is to um, to be avoiding his potential uh, downfall and and not accepting his. Uh, his fantasy greatness right now, it's uh, its ugly. He's, it's ugly, though. He's had three really big scores. Three. Mm. So is that enough evidence to say that yeah, – God, his draw looks good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just looked at it. So, yeah, Melbourne might be tough. They're playing really well. Um, but then you've got Collingwood, Hawthorne, Essendon, St Kilda. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then he's got the uh, early buy, so if he's stuffing you around, you can just dump him early. Oh, uh, well, I well they, therefore, I can't go him anyway because I've got too many round 12 buy. God, I did, wish I didn't look at that draw. Yep. All right, well, States, well, let's move on. I've had enough talking about him. Uh, you know, I'm not the biggest fan, as you know, so <laughs> I think the it's- X. It's time for us to get to our segments, and the first one's actually a brand new segment. It's Sticking Fat. All right, Statesman, on Sticking Fat, we are going to be looking at some players, players out of form or with high break-evens, maybe those cash cows as well, and supposed premiums that maybe are slowing down out of form. And this is just uh, not including those non-playing players, so... Guys with the red dots, you know, they're your priority to get out, like we've been talking about, your Josh Dunkley's, your Lucky Neals, et cetera. So get rid of those red dots if you've got premiums like this. This is the guys, more like those luxury trades, where if your team's in a pretty good spot or you've got that um, ability to trade these guys, maybe if you're also in um, looking for league wins rather than your overall ranking as well and you've got that sort of luxury, you're versing a weak opponent, do your luxury trades now. So this is the sticking fat segment. We're talking about whether to keep them in or shred them thin. Statesman, the first player I want to talk about, Errol Goulden, 495,000, 77 break even now. That break even's right up there. Looking like one of the 
great rookies um, of all time in his first three games, but he slowed down a little bit, um, still putting up pretty respectable rookie numbers. But because he had that hot start, his um, his break-even's now up there. Is it, is it time to shred him thin or are you keeping him around for a bit and sticking fat? Well, he's going to be my F2 behind Jack Zebel, to be honest, <laughs> yeah. uh, very soon. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, look, it, it's a luxury trade uh, and it's a position where you, you think last week uh, he's only 150K and gives you a Darcy Parish. That's an 80-point bump for 150K. So you're spending basically 20 points um, to get – uh, almost 100 points. So he, he's at the prime picking. Uh, he might also get a rest. So just really keep an eye on selection. He's not the worst to keep, um, but you need to start making these guys into keepers. So um, using Warney's term, it's either up or it's down, um, but it's the old one up, one down. If you can actually one down who's on the bench and then one up your field rookies, uh, and he's in that prime um, dollar value. So you look at a uh, – let's look at um, Lockie Hunter, seeing we've uh, quickly talked about him before. Um, yep. You are spending about 165k to get Lockie Hunter. So that's a downgrade, a, a 330k – uh, rookie, so just looking at some some options. Here we go. Here's a brilliant one, a James Rowe. So a James Rowe, you can actually take down to 170 rookie, and you've got Errol Goulden up to Lockie Hunter. Yep, perfect. Tom Phillips averaging 78 for the season, 72 in his last three. He has a nice schedule coming up with the Saints, West Coast, and Ruse in his next three. But I reckon. We thought if we were going to get something from Tom Phillips, it was going to be this week at Utah's Stadium. Um, easy opponent in Adelaide to score against. And he only got the 83-odd. Is that enough? I mean, he's a, forwards are fairly limited. But since, since DPP, it seems like we've got a lot more um, presentable options now. So what do you do? If, if you've got a luxury trade, are you sticking fat with Tom Phillips or is it time to shred him thin? I'm sticking fat with Tom Phillips, and it's only because he's lower priority. Um, yes, he had yeah. one exception last week uh, where he scored a 57 or something like that, but every other week he's just given you an 80. You're not getting um, you're not getting a huge amount of what you were hoping for, but at the end of the day he's giving you a decent score. He's not hurting you, um, so he's not a Finn McRae, he's not a Paddy Dow. I uh, don't know why I use those two words in the in those two names in the same sentence. Um, so, and he's a green dot. So, I just I would leave Tom Phillips for the time being. Uh, I think we were hoping he was a top six forward. He's nowhere near it. But outside Zebul, who is? Braden Campbell, three hundred seventy nine k, sixty break even. Played as the sub. Um, but he came on pretty early and scored 48. Stick fat uh, for bench cover, Statesman, or get rid of him too? Yeah, I, I never started him. And Similar to the Errol Goulden though him. now, you'd think? Probably even more of a priority to get rid of? Yeah, a higher priority. So he's he's the down one. So he's yep. the 379K. He's a, he's a down and looking at an option DPP. Uh, look at Frederick for an option. So he's only 200K. 
you make 179k um, and then you bring up Goulden up to Lockie Hunter. Perfect. Oleg Markov, 533,000 with a 72 break even. He does have Collingwood this week though, so I'd say stick fat at least for another week, Stato. I'll be sticking fat, full stop, and until you need. So he's quite similar to Tom Phillips, but you're actually making some cash out of this guy. He's been a really good bargain. Started at 370. He's up to 533. He's got the ability to score tons. Um, and I do, yes, he's a bit of a yo-yo, um, but I, I really like what he does, and I think they get really excited when he runs and carries. So I reckon they'll encourage more and more of that, which just means more points for him. So, um, yes, this season's not going to be the one where you get some real consistency, um, but I actually think you stick fat with uh, Markov. I actually quite like him. He's really enjoyable to watch. James he's Jordan? A, he's Sorry, go on. Uh, sorry, uh, Markov, he's a, he's a really – he's a more enjoyable version to watch than Adam Saad. Yeah, um, his, so, pa- his pace to burn is is awesome to watch, yeah. and he he actually does get involved in some chip mark. He does have a little bit of little bit of observable thirst late in games. He sort of pushes you over the line a few times to get a few plus sixes, but he he is more that um, he's more the damaging guy. He gets in more damaging positions, so he doesn't always get the cheap stuff, which um, probably hurts sometimes his ceiling. But he does get off the chain in uh, in certain games. So yeah, that's a nice one uh, to hold and stick fat. James Jordan five hundred four hundred nineteen k with a fifty eight break even. He's chugging along there, Stato. Nothing special, but a bit of a low time on ground for two of his last three games. He's had fifty six percent time on ground, which is his lowest equal lowest of the season twice in the last two weeks. But he's got the ruse this week. Is he a guy you're looking to go up from though? Four hundred nineteen k. Uh, see if he can get one more big one for me from the ruse. Uh, take the coin from that, and then he's up. He's been a great pick, unexpected, 170K rookie. Uh, he might be able to get to 500. I'm going to see if I can stretch him that far. Taylor Walker, 656K. Everyone was jumping on a few weeks ago. I think, gee, Louie Louis and I went back and forth over this one for a quite some time, and both of us ended up not jumping on. It would have been great to get on early this season. He's already up to 656,000, which is ludicrous. Uh, but 83 in his last three, stick fat if you're an owner or if you have the luxury, is it time to walk away, Stato? Oh, no. Uh, could you do me one other fa- favour? Um, never call any player I actually own in any format um, as your boy or the thirsty <laughs> Because that has seems to be the tag that destroys careers. Um, the uh, Taylor Walker, uh, my mind right now, with everything else that's going on and the forward issues that we've got, he's a stick fat. Uh, yes, he's dropped about 20 points on average, but 80s from a forward that's in the 600,000s is fine. Um, that's fine for the time being. And and also understand that he's had a bit of calf tightness, so that's held him back just a little bit. Um, but he's got another good matchup this week um, with GWS. It gets a little bit harder after that. But if he gets anywhere near to what he started the season with, and I would assume they wouldn't be playing, um, getting him to play through unless there was any great uh, issue with his calf, um, then he'll come back and he'll have another big game or two. So at this stage, I'll be holding until we 
have a disaster and then you you push from there. Caleb Daniel, he's still owned by around 10% of coaches, oh. including myself. 592K. Uh, stick fat, or he's, he's you know he's only got the about of a, a thousand break even to his name. Um, who would have thought Bailey Dale uh, would have affected a man so much? But there you go. He's not even barely taking kick ins. Caleb Daniel, statesman. What do we do here? He's been bevoed. Yeah. He's changed his role. I kept him because you keep your keepers. Um, he's been bevoed. Um, mm. So I, I, here's the weird thing. He and it was that twenty. Oh God, what a what a game that was. Um, I did <laughs> put a good tweet tweet out about that one. Um, but yeah, uh, Caleb Daniel. Um, God, he, he's such low priority. I'm holding on for one more week because defenders can score really big against Richmond. So Richmond are actually a decent side to score against. Um, so you look at um, uh, who who was the Melbourne defender scored one hundred and thirty or Salem. Christian Salem, yeah, went massive against them. So I'm holding off for one more. See what the um, the injuries because Ling Jong started on the halfback line. Yeah, would you believe? So I want to see. How he's they not taking up. kick-ins as well. I mean, I reckon he, he took one. Yes, he took a one heap of them um, last year. This year, it's just like I've seen their system. It seems like whoever's closest now, and it seems like Caleb is more told to get out of there and get to the next link up on the half uh, half back kind of wing area to get that next link in the chain. And uh, yeah, it's it's an ugly it's Pro- ugly role at the moment. I need, we need to see something change there. Hopefully, uh, things do switch around. But he's st- I'm stick fat too because I've got way too many issues. I hope um, and changing it next week if it doesn't pick up. Yeah, just really quickly, just a few guys here to mention. Um, just say stick fat or shred for these last four here. Orazio Fantasia, stick fat or shred? Oh, the way they're going, stick fat. Lockie Shoal. Uh, that's just an interesting one, oh. you know, 70 break even, but he's doing pretty all right. But stick fat. Stick yeah, fat. he'll have his up and down. Stick fat. Matt Flynn's just an interesting one. If, you, if you've if you got the luxury again, if you need to dump him to get up to someone, 14 break even, but mummy on his way back, you'd think soon. Um, you just wait and ride that out for the green dots, I'm guessing. Yeah, uh, if he's selected, I'll leave him in the team one more week. Uh, if not, uh, he becomes Grundy. Or, or should I say, uh, Tracy becomes uh, Grundy and uh, Flynn can just hang on the bench and I'll make some more corn out of him whenever he plays. And final one here, Liam Duggan. Just an interesting one. 5% owned, so just enough to talk about. 106 break even. But he's had just one big game against the Pies, which we know how defenders go against the Pies. He's made you some cash back. Do you now cash in and get out and not stick fat with Liam Duggan? Yeah, 5% I know. I'm really surprised, to be honest. But I, I hope that didn't increase after he's 148, and that's why you don't point chase. But, uh, yeah, I, I think he's not a top sixer, but at the end of the day, he's going to give you 70s and 80s and the occasional 90s. So you can stick fat with him and... and Try and get more primos onto your ground first. And next segment, show me the money. Show me the money! All right, 
right, show me the money, Stato. This is our top five rookie candidates based on break-even and job security and excluding those incredibly high-owned guys that have already had their cash rise already. Uh, that's sort of getting lower and lower as we go on. But uh, remember to monitor players named later in the week as well. But Statesman, your top five rookies uh, this week, and, and we sort of went last week, we said uh, under 300000 as well for these options too. Yeah, so many just went over the 300,000 mark. Yeah. So it actually looking pretty thin, to be honest. Um, so this is who I got Martin Frederick at number one, 198k defender, Port Adelaide, scored a 70 and really like passed the eye test. Um, so Ken really talked up that you're going to see something special. And guess what? We saw something special. Uh, it's got a negative five break even. Uh, like Bergman, um, there, there's been a few sort of floating in and out on that half-back line for Port Adelaide, so be mindful of that. But I think after that performance, he'll get a, a crack. Um, Atu Bossum Analagi, hope I got that right, Bossum Anavalagi, um, uh, 266k forward for North Melbourne. He's averaging 68 from his uh, two games. I will say I'm a little bit mindful of um, uh, Aaron Hall yeah. coming back uh, and what the roles may be, but I think they're going to back him in. He's got a, a negative seven break even, look pretty good, good link player, um, and another one of those um, um, players playing in defence, racking up some footy for North Melbourne. Job security as well because uh, he's a young kid playing for North and they're just going to keep playing the kids. Absolutely, and there's something about him. So he's got a bit of pace, um, links up well. I, look, the only failing for him is his height. He's just not a not a tall player, so he hasn't got a whole heap of different uh, roles that he can play. Uh, Bo McCreary uh, is next. hundred sorry, two hundred and seventy one k forward for Collingwood, uh, only averaging the fifty five, but that's not terrible. Uh, at a lower price, break even a nine. Then it gets very thin, mate, I must admit. Um, Jackson Pryor, 233k defender for Brisbane, only averaging the 47. Did kick a nice goal the week before last, uh, break even of three. And I sort of, yeah, because there's so many went over the 300, there was a few things tickling my throat, like I was going to throw up a little bit when I was writing this one down. Um <laughs> But Tom Campbell, uh, 278, ruck forward for North Melbourne. But, look, you're actually going pretty dry to the bone. Notice I missed two Collingwood players there. Yeah, Rantel and uh, Finn McRae. Yeah, not convinced they've got any job security whatsoever. Degoey back in the squad next week. A uh, bit concerned there, I suppose. Um, yeah, I guess keep an eye on them. If they get the green dot, though, would you go one or the other? E- e- either, in that fact, if, if either get the green dot? Not after what I saw. Okay. Uh, quickly, with the ones over 300K, would you be interested in, let's just go the two big break-even ones. If you didn't jump on Dev Rob earlier, would you go now, especially with Lockie New injured? 313,000. And what's your also opinion on going these guys? Are they too expensive? We spoke last week, Louis doesn't like going anything over 300K. But if we're this thin, could we consider it? Louis doesn't like. Um, uh, look, there could be a case. So <clears throat> do you pick a player who's 174, how, how much, uh, <coughs> do apologise, um, 
you go off someone who just scraped over their break-even unknown job security, or you get someone that's squared away, might cost you $130,000 more, but you know they're going to make you more money and they're a green dot, I pay the extra little bit of money because cash generation is king, green dot is king. There's no point collecting people that just end up being a red dot. So was it Kavara last year that sat on most people's benches for about 16 rounds with a red dot? Doesn't do anything for your team, doesn't generate your cash, doesn't cover people when they're laid outs. So, um, yeah, at times the right people. Now, I said no to Dev Rob last week, regretting it now, but that's after Lockie Neal is down it, and he played a good game. It just means his security's there. Uh, Farrah's another one. Yeah, um, he's the other one. He's big. Collingwood this week too, defenders against yeah. Collingwood. Um, he's a defender and he's up against Collingwood, Stato. Does that mean just lock him in, lock and load with a negative seven break even? Yeah, no, it looks pretty good, and I will say, again, I missed that round, so I didn't see him playing the first week. I thought trap straight away, uh, but I actually watched him play. He's got some smarts about him, but, look, being um, what I would say predominantly a closed-down defender, we've got to understand that 30s and 40s are on the cards. All right, really quickly now, uh, another segment for us. It's time to target. Statesman, who do you have this week, time to target? Yeah, uh, Lockie Hunter, he's dropped 204K, uh, still has a break-even of 122. Um, So it gives you sort of one week to have a look at the true Dunkley impact. So if we see uh, your boy, which I'll claim that's not a career that you've destroyed, um, in Bailey Smith going inside, leaving the wing open for Lockie Hunter to take, all of a sudden, we are cha-ching. Um, you're talking mid-600s, uh, which is a really cheap buy. As we talked about before, that's two rookies, one down to a low pricer, uh, the other one up, and all of a sudden, you've got Lockie Hunter with a break-even 120, 122. Look at it for one week. See what happens. If he has a spike in the score and a spike in the time on the wing, then it's a good one. The other one's still side-bottom. Um, yeah. So 130 on the weekend to stop that money slide. Uh, he's down to 726 at an average of 94. That's a good buy when he's going upwards. And as we know, they've got some issues in the midfield. So he's not going to play that uh, stupid time up on the half forward line. He's going to be used around the midfield. My time to target, I've got two options. One, if you're more of the risky player, I don't know if it's even called a risky move anymore, but Jack Zebel's just my time to target, especially if you've got the Josh Dunkley move. I don't know if there's a more um, obvious pick just in terms of inform. He hasn't gone below an 80-something, so his, his floor is great. Um, his ceiling obviously is enormous this season and he's got some great matchups, as we said before, his buy in round 12. Um, and the other one's just a premium coming to um, just, just hitting his straps um, after an injury interrupted preseason, and that's Jake Lloyd. He's very highly owned already, but he's turned up four, uh, four straight games and he's still cheap enough. He's dropped still 100K odd from his starting price. So um, if you don't have Jake Lloyd, it's, it's still a really good time to just buy him. He's with, with the young kids slowing down a bit as well. He's just taking on a bit more responsibility in the back line, racking up those 30s as he always does. Um, Statesman, another segment on my radar. Colonel, you better take a look at this radar. 
What is it, son? I don't know, sir. But it looks like a giant cox. On my radar, Stato, these are players that maybe we're not picking just yet, but you're keeping an eye on them in the next couple of weeks and uh, you're looking to pick them up soon. My one, first of all, Lockie Whitfield. As soon as he returns, I want every piece of that action. Uh, Mitch Duncan, we saw how well he's done. I reckon he's <sighs> the, probably the closest comparison to the way Lockie Whitfield plays um, in the AFL right now, um, especially just, the uncontested marks that those two guys can get and the way that they just move up and down the ground, the new rules especially, those two guys I reckon might be the ones that benefit the most. They get the uncontested marks already. They're able to use their legs and people want to get them the ball and they run all all day long with the extended um, minutes and less interchange. So, Lockie Whitfield, I'd be, you know, it would be a bold move to chuck him straight in uh, the moment yeah. he gets his green dot, but... Gee, you might even get rewarded straight off the bat. So, he's just on my radar. I love Lockie Whitfield. Uh, she was watching, randomly just switched on an old game. I think it was uh, when they had the dogs um, GWS come up. I was like, oh, I might just watch one of the old games. Watch Lockie Whitfield. He's just such a joy to watch, um, especially as a fantasy football coach. So, he's on my radar. What about you, Stato? He's never, he's never played well for me. Uh, I brought him in the year after last, uh, <laughs> yeah. exploded, Br- brought him in. I was there too, um, went and watched GWS at home because I was at Bankstown um, and went and watched it. I just put the C on Lockie and rocked up at the venue, you beauty. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. And that was the day he got that injury. Um, yeah. Yeah, so got tagged um, and got injured late in the second quarter Beautiful. for stuff all about, about 36. So. <laughs> That's that's my history with Lockie Whitfield. Him and I just don't see eye to eye. Um, mine is Dane Zorko. Oh, yes. So not only uh, a good player um, and a reasonably good scorer, he's averaging 99, but he's reasonably cheap for his output. He's only 729. But my question is, with Lockie Neal out, what's the mix that changes there? And is it Dane Zorko spending a bit more time in the guts, is that what we're going to see? And are we going to see a return to his uh, best days where we're talking closer to the 105, 110 average? It could happen. My, we're going to have that is great to have on your radar because we're just going to have to monitor. There's so many different ways Fagan could go. Um, is Barry out for a little while now as well? Is that no? Uh, he was only it was reason why I didn't go Dev Rob last weekend, it only listed one week. Yeah, so, I mean, you probably have a mixture of Berry in there. They might up McCluggage number a little bit. Dev Rob, you'd imagine, plugs that hole as well. I just wonder if they do go for the mix or they – because you, you sort of also want to preserve Zorko um, for later in the season as well at, at his age. He is a he is sort of that in, in his 30s already. But, hey, if, if they do go that, he's been scoring amazing anyway, so um, keep an eye on that one. Uh, mm. Listener questions coming up, Statesman, but – I just want to touch on for this week, we didn't have it for the last couple of weeks. I just want to talk about the Point of Difference podcast's Point of Difference, which is the Pod Pod Pod. And that's our favorite point of difference <laughs> point of difference option under 5%. And uh, I'm going to just touch on two guys here. One is Sean Darcy, who I mentioned last time. Are you on board with, with the Darcy wagon? Because I sort of- I mentioned it actually on the Keeper League pod when I was guesting on there a few weeks ago saying he looks like he is 
in the great shape that we'd been hoping for for so many years, I actually genuinely think he could be a top five ruck this year. And with forward status, that might be really good cover if you if you're a Flynn owner with still putting him on field, hoping that that um, hoping that he still chugs along and makes you a bit of cash for a little while. I know I do this reasonably regularly, but I don't mean to do it. Um, Doss, how many times you finish in the top 100? <laughs> oh, Jesus, Dato. So, That's a bit so, rough, mate. Um, well, I, I'm, I've been trying to make this point to you for about 18 months now, is stop looking who's going to be in the top five rucks because how many rucks do you need to really worry about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Two. Two. Um, so what I'm saying here, if you and I do on a pod of the draft, Draft Doctors, we should be talking about Sean Darcy breaking out. It's brilliant because you need to have 12 to 16 ruckmen that are your are your ruck ones. Um, yes, really impressed with his scoring. And, and I've talked to about him for a long time because his early career um, mirrored or yeah. bettered Brody Grundy. Um, so I, I was and been a long fan of Sean Darcy, but there are two real major issues. Well, three. So he's not either of the top two ruckmen. That's number one. Secondly, he has around fourteen by, which is the same as Grundy and Gorn. So having mm. another by player in the same round in your ruck. So if you're going to do a pod in the ruck, it should be around 13 ruck. So the best pod ruck is actually Nan Curvis. I see. The well, Statesman, I did mention top five ruck, but I was more meaning he's currently in his last three average, he is a top six forward. So that's where I'm looking at him as a great option as well. Okay. Yeah, he's, well, he's a top um, six forward in his but- last three. He's averaging 99. Uh, he towed up um, – the Adelaide Ruck, Riley O'Brien, two weeks ago, had his way with the North Melbourne duo of Goldstein and Campbell. And uh, I think he's just on his way up. So that's my thing. You don't, you don't have to he, bring out the top 100 he, card he, every time he's statesman. Um, but we'll get to our <laughs> listener questions. He beat Campbell. He beat Campbell. <laughs> get to our listener questions. They're coming up next. But talking of uh, membership for the Keeper League pod, um, if you appreciate the work we put in here, um, bringing you the podcast each week, please consider becoming a member of our podcast sponsor, the Keeper League pod. In return for becoming a member, uh, members receive AFL fantasy projections, state league fantasy scores, weekly updates of the Keeper League's breakout tracker, which they recently updated as well. Um, You get advanced centre bounce attendance tables to sort through, as well as many other great premium resources for AFL fantasy classic, draft and Keeper Leagues. Head to keeperleaguepod.com.au or click in the link uh, in the description of your podcast and sign up today. We'll get to our listener questions, Statesman. Uh, you can follow us at PodPodAFL on Twitter. And now you can find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram. We set all that up uh, this week. So you can find us on those platforms if that's what you prefer. But we just put a tweet out on this one. Rather than just questions, we, we put out a tweet for players uh, to talk about in AFL Fantasy Classic. We've got a monster response here, Statesman. So maybe we'll just really quickly go through um, – a number of names here and talk about them. So the first one here from Subdub, Took Miller. What a point of difference he is. What do you think on Took Miller this season in season 2021? Oh, look, it's just so impressive. And I could imagine his ownership is so low. And 
they're the type of gems if you start with. Um, they, they just set up your season. Um, look, really good player. He's not someone I'm targeting, to be honest. Um, and maybe that's me being just a little bit safe because we know he's played that sort of tagging midfielder role and he still mixed that reasonably well. Um, but he's just not one I'm sitting there going, yeah, he's a top eight mid. Yeah, understandable. What about Hugh McCluggage from the same subdub? Uh, Hugh McCluggage, my my beloved man, McCluggoat, uh, he's actually carving up. And with Lockie Neal out, um, even more reason to enjoy picking the cluggage and enjoy the ride. Yeah, if I owned him, I'd be uh, really, really happy, to be honest. Uh, not targeting him, but my God, he's been impressive. And I thought he lacked a ceiling. I was so wrong. Darcy Parrish, you spoke about him before. You're saying you're not going to pick him now just based on your structure, but would you encourage others to um, go ride the Parrish train as well while while they can and see him see these big scores? Yeah, he's cheap enough to be fair, but he's gone up a fair bit in price this week. Uh, he's got a break even. I think it's um, uh, around that sort of 50 mark, so you still make a bit of cash. Uh, he still would suit my structure, to be fair, because it probably that round 13 midfielder would have been important. Um, but we also got to understand he just scored 150, but it's against Collingwood. There's a lot of players scoring really big against Collingwood at the moment, so don't expect that week in, week out. Uh, and still with that, um, he's, he's still averaging below 100, understanding the first two weeks were as a forward, but... He's only, in the four weeks he's been a midfielder, that's why I was waiting to the Collingwood game, he's only scored one other tonne, that was 117. Uh, so he's had an 81 and a 97 as the two other midfield games. Bailey McGlone, uh, oh, that was him as well, wanting to know Darcy Parrish. Just quickly though, he wants to also know about Andy Brayshaw and Nat Fife. Any thoughts on those? Andy Brayshaw's looking immaculate in there. He's only had two scores he's, where he's done poor, where he got tagged. But that is a concern. Yeah. But the rest of one tens basically plus. Yeah, um, having a really big year. But again, because he's performing really well, uh, if a side feels they're in danger of losing the Fremantle, he seems to be um, the player that they're targeting through the midfield, especially if Fife goes forward. Love Fife as well. He's in the 600s. Um, He's going to be there for a few weeks so you can sort of let it, let it settle down a bit and see how things play out with that midfield because chair is gone to see if Fife actually spends more time in the midfield, which may affect Brayshaw's score. But I think the big winner we actually saw last week was Sarong. So Sarong, Fife or Brayshaw as pods. So if you're looking for... Um, a pod from the pod pod. Um, why not pick one of those Frio boys? I don't think they're going to be bad, but the one I would actually go for would be Fife because of the forward status. Uh, this one from T, Tal Hazami. Uh, is Zebel worth it over the likes of Trelaw and Titch? I think you mentioned you'd prefer the uh, tried and true in the Titches and the Trelaws of the world. Yeah, yeah, these are the things. Understand we could be totally wrong, but it feels like somewhere along the line you get disappointed with bringing Zebel in. Um, 
But my God, if this continues, how wrong are we all going to be? And the winners already got him in his team and had him from round three. We'll smash through another few here. Timothy J, thoughts on Dan Houston? He's had the one injury interrupted score of 32 and three out of the five other games he scored over 100. And he doesn't see uh, many port games. But uh, does he sneak into the midfield sometimes, he wants to know as well. Well, he has snuck into the midfield. Um, I have to check. I didn't see this week's game, but before his injury, he was actually – that was a role change. He, he went straight back into the guts and was getting massive attendance. So, uh, I guess one to my he, – he's a guy that actually – he's kind of like your Jack Crisp, though. He, in in the sense of he can score really well on a back line and sometimes that role actually suits him better. And then he rolls into the midfield and can have a high ceiling as well. So, it kind of doesn't matter where Houston plays at this point. And they're the type you target. He's had one down game, the 32, so he prices drop and his break-even's high. His price comes down a little bit. That's when you jump on. Great pickup and great pod, great player. All right. Uh, just Alex Thornhill, we've spoke about him briefly. Lockie, Lockie Hunter and Bailey Smith, I think, uh, Statesman's probably what, – what about the Bailey Smith side? We've talked about the Lockie Hunter side. What about him moving inside mid? That's – looking like what Bevo might do if the end of last game's uh, any indication? Uh, like Caleb Daniel, you need to check who's going to get the roles. You, you need to look and see. So, um, yes, you might get the greater rewards if you jump right now, but you um, hop in a very sour basket if you uh, get it wrong. So I'll be viewing that game, Western Bulldogs, and Richmond extremely closely to look at the trends and I'll be jumping on someone from the Bulldogs very, very soon. All right, and this last one, um, we'll get to a few more questions. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, Keeper League Kays, don't know who this bloke is, uh, wants to talk about Ben Keys, who's averaging 116 in his last three and coming off 156 against the Hawks at Utah's. Uh, the Oracle, he wants to know Benny Keys, statesman. I'm going to respond from a quote from Arrested Development. I don't understand the question and I'm not going to answer it. Yep, agreed. Uh, okay, thanks uh, everyone for getting those questions in at Pod Pod AFL. Um, more on this in a minute, but we'll be answering a few more questions soon uh, on Another exciting addition on the Point of Difference podcast, but just remember to leave a rating and review as well. We are targeting 220 ratings, which is an outrageous target by the end of May. I hope you've put your rating in there, Statesman, so that you have a chance at winning the size 11 pair of training-worn career savers, which is the ASICS Lethal Ultimates, um, signed by all the folks here at Keep League Pod and the Pod Pod. Um, so... Yeah, get that in. If you haven't th- heard more about that, just uh, listen to some previous podcasts. But get those ratings and reviews in for our targets. But I just want to mention this week, Statesman, we are going for a second podcast on the Pod Pod, which we'll be having more details on that on Wednesday. But that's our announcement. There's going to be a second podcast this week. Uh, you'll be able to hear that on this mainstream. And then we'll let you know more details about that um, coming up. But that's going to be with the mighty statesman and we're glad to have you on board the point of difference podcast statesman so welcome aboard absolute pleasure it's great to be on the pop pop <laughs> all right we'll see you guys on wednesday <laughs>